They're continuing to load in well here for this big group one event. There's a bit of movement from out wide. This will be confirmation from downstairs. Hello, broadcast. Okay. The clerks of the course have been passed fit to start, and Dean and Lewis are in the saddle. The red light goes on. The clerks of the course podcast is set to begin. Ready. And they're off. Chautauqua very late, it's English a half length in front, can he do it? Chautauqua, he's flying, yes! And excellent, but McCarty Diva clear with 100 metres to go, excellent runs to second, Otazun runs on, but a champion becomes a legend, McCarty Diva has won it! G'day punters and welcome to another episode of the Clarks of the Course podcast, it's the third episode this week, unbelievably, we've really on the big lift on the podcast, uh, powered by the Sporting Base. As always, head to sportingbase.com for your news and tips, everything sports-related and everything racing-related, and you'll also be able to find uh, all the interviews that we've done there with Karen and Tommy on the website as well. Lewis will be back with you again, Dean Watling alongside of me. Um, it's uh, it's uh, getting to crunch time, Dino. We're moving right near to Saturday. Uh, big racing, is, as we all know, on Saturday, Caulfield Cup program down in Melbourne uh, and the Everest and the Cozzy up in Sydney. I know I've chatted in depth about it this week, uh, but now under 24 hours out from start time, how are we feeling? Feeling great. It's been a great preparation this week. It's been fantastic to have Tommy, Kieran on the program to get their thoughts on runners. Um, we've gone from a Benchmark 64 podcast to a Group 1 podcast in a week, so it's been um, busy for us, but in saying that, it's been absolutely outstanding. So thanks again to the, those two top jocks jumping on, um, giving us their time. But I'm ready for race day, mate. All the form's done. Um, bets are nearly about to be placed, and then we can sit back, crack a beer, and um, enjoy racing tomorrow. You keen, mate? Yep, that's exactly how I saw it too. And it, although we might have gone straight up into Group 1 grade, Dino, I can tell you, uh, and you'll agree with me here, that for a while during the week, we were struggling to pick up the bit, really hard scrubbed at the turn and just not going anywhere. But somehow we've lifted and we've fought back and we're hitting the line real strong here. So we're going uh, to top it off really nicely. Obviously, uh, we're going to go through our previews of the Randwick cards. Dino will cover that. I'll cover the Caulfield card. We're going to do an in-depth preview of the Everest uh, and also of the Caulfield Cup. Dino's got a tip in the Cozzy which is really good, so he'll be covering that race as well. We're going to go through some questions that we got on our Twitter page uh, from a few people asking a few odd questions from here and there about the two meetings, so we're going to endeavour to answer all of them. Uh, and then obviously our Get Out Stakes Challenge and our Group 1 Challenges uh, at the end of each of the previews as well. We're going to count uh, the Everest in our Group 1 Challenge this week. I know before every all the purists start to blow up and say, well, it's not a group one, I get it, I understand. But um, for the sake of what it is, we're going to be uh, recording it in our group one challenge. So uh, on the back of all our interviews and stuff this week, Dino, let's get to some fan-made content here. And I'll start off with one uh, from a guy named Joe at Hey True Blue. Uh, this one's a Sydney-orientated one. He goes, thoughts on Vanna Girl? Uh, looking for further, has KM on board? Kieran McAvoy, I'm assuming that stands for. Reckon it could get the job done. What did you think? 
Yeah, it's a tricky race, that one. I think Star of the Seas is very suited to that race. Um, probably gets the easiest field. It has this prep. Just got stuck up in that uh, barrier last start. Didn't get any chance to get out. Needs clear running that horse. 2,000 metres is the slight query for Star of the Seas. On Vanagel, I was very keen to see that girl down in Sydney, Sydney this prep. I've got a huge opinion of her. But I just think she hasn't come up at all. Um, I gave her another chance last start. I actually backed her last start. Um, her last 100 metres, two starts back, uh, was outstanding. Finally picked up late um, when Dreamforce led all the way. But I was uh, looking to see more in her last start performance. She sort of grinded home. Uh, she turned the bend with a horse called Rock. Um, so she had every chance to run as well as Rock did home. She finished about three or four lengths off Rock. So I just think she hasn't come up this prep. Um, you're getting $4.60. I just can't get anywhere near that price. So um, Kieran McAvoy is absolute gun jock. He's probably the best jock in Australia um, over 2,000 metres. So that's a definitely a big push. But at the current quote, 460, I wouldn't be going anywhere near her. Um, so that's my thoughts on Vanagel there. We'll move on to a question for you. Um, one by Max Willis. Does the delay of the day come up in the Caulfield Cup? Um, probably many people don't know, but the delay of the day, he's referring to very elegant. Uh, how do you see her chances in the Cup? Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it was the delay of the day last week, and uh, Max duly saluted with a six-pack of beer from that. But no, won't be laying her uh, in the Caulfield Cup tomorrow. Um, I'll, I'll touch on her in the preview coming up in a second. Um, but yeah, no, no, not a, not a, uh, not a lay in the cup for mine. I do have a few in the cup that I'm willing to be against. Um, but he, you'd be pleased to know Max that, uh, very elegant is not one of them. And then I'll switch over to you, Dino, with the two part question by Max here is Tefani, uh, obviously Tommy Berry on board. We interviewed him earlier in the week is Tefani somewhat of a sleeping giant in the Everest. A couple of soft runs, perfect for her leading into this from my perspective, not my top pick, says Max, but seems a touch of overs. Yeah, I think she's dead set been forgotten in the race. Uh, a lot of people have been saying it's down to her form not being good enough, but I think she's um, right on track. I think she's perfectly suited to a hard run 1,200-metre race. Um, we saw her win in the all-age stakes over that 1,400 metres, beating a horse called Pirata, who was more than competitive in last year's Everest. So it's very easy to tie her into this race. The slight query, obviously, is the barrier. But I think it's a key with all these backmarker horses. I think the race will be dictated um, with their chances by those horses up on the speed. If they overdo it, she grows an absolute leg Sydney way. Um, and I dead set haven't seen one word said about her in anyone's thoughts, previews, anything all week. I've actually had a small bet on her about three months ago at 41 to 1 in the Everest. I thought that was stupid odds. And I thought she was a $2 favourite to get a slot. So I've had a little go at her um, early on. And I would not tell you to not back her at all. Couldn't tell you um, any anything else. Um, I think she's dead set forgotten in the market. So if you're keen to back her, I would say back your judgment and definitely stick with her. Um, strange that we haven't heard an absolute word about her at all. Uh, we'll go on to another question for you um, with the Caulfield Cup. Nissan uh, has a question here. How will the internationals arrive with a high-pressure race like this? Um, do you like to back runners with a trial leading in or can they win first up? What internationals are you considering Saturday? Uh, yeah, good question, Nishan. Again, I'll touch on this a little bit more in, in the preview in a second, but I'm actually keen uh, to be against the internationals. Mainly, uh, the, one I'm, the one I'm mainly keen to be against is Anthony Van Dyke. Uh, so 
again, I'll touch on this in a second, but it, the high weight of 58 to half kilos for me is a big concern. Uh, barrier 20, I'm not sure where they get to. He's not necessarily a front runner, but he might uh, be left with no option but to push forward. Um, and it, as, as Nishan said, it's going to be a, a genuinely run race. It's going to have that high pressure of group one. Um, and so from barrier 20 with the big weight, you're not going to be getting back and giving them a start because I just don't think you can pick up uh, and, and and mow them all down with that weight. So it's going to have to go forward from the barrier. Um, if it did have a run under its belt again, I think that would be better. So look, Anthony Van Dyke for me against. Buckhurst is another one I'm going to be against, but just maybe to a touch less of an extent. I think it's still got a bit of X factor about it, but um, going to be against Buckhurst as well. Uh, I personally won't be considering the – or not, not considering, but I personally won't be backing the internationals. Uh, on Saturday, I know a few people out there um, would have differing opinions. Probably the best guys to go and look for this kind of stuff, um, and they won't mind a little shout-out here. Rory Flanagan, obviously, is a, a gun at um, all his international stuff, especially these staying races. And then you can look at uh, people's ratings, such as Dan O'Sullivan um, and those kind of blokes. They have a very good idea of how to correctly line these international horses up in these kind of races. So, um any any of your final opinions for the race tomorrow should definitely be based on what they say, probably not what I say. Um, but, yeah, for me, I'm against the internationals in the Cup. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, another question for you. Lots of questions about this Caulfield Cup. Aidan Baker uh, fires a question in. Master of Wine, 0.8 lengths off, very elegant. Gets that 2.5 kilo swing. Um, grand final day, Kenny turned the tables on her. Yeah, Aiden, great bloke. He uh, hopefully will be watching up at the Newport Arms Hotel. Shout out to you, Aiden. Say hey to Dad if he's up there. I'm sure he will be as well. Uh, Master of Wine, uh, I'm not convinced that Master of Wine is going as well as it was in the autumn, personally. That's uh, just where I'm coming from. I'm against Master of Wine on the weekend. Uh, yes, you're 100% right. That weight swing uh, with Very Elegant is helpful. And this is the grand final, I think, for Master of Wine because I don't think it'll get 3,200 uh, in, in, the, in the Melbourne Cup. But I'm keen to be against it. I just thought after the run it had uh, in the Turnbull uh, over 2,000 and just I thought it was just a touch flat late and it was probably entitled to be uh, really savaging the line off that good run. Yes, it was only not beaten far, but for the, just for the run it had compared to uh, very elegant, probably had an easier run compared to Finch. It definitely had a much easier run than Finch uh, and just still wasn't able to knock them off. I'm I'm not convinced that it's going as well as it can. Um, it draws nicely in six. It'll be midfield with cover, maybe a touch above. Um, but, yeah, again, I just I, my thing is I'm just not sure it's going as well. I'm happy to be with a few others. Um, and especially at the price, if you could give me something double figures about uh, master of wine, then yeah, sure, it, it might change around a bit. But at the single figure quote, mm, I'm I'm going to stick clear. I'm I'm going to stick clear of uh, master of wine in the cup. Now, Dino, uh, I think we have to address this one, otherwise Chris might get angry. Where is Overlord? <laughs> uh, I think he might be in a paddock, a two stone lighter after that gelding operation. I'm still convinced he's a good horse. I think we'll come to the autumn. Um, and Dad said if he doesn't win a race, I'm not sure I'm going to have to text Chris. Uh, he's been firm on the side of that the horse is a bit of a donkey and a bit of a cat. Um, I'm convinced he's a good horse. Going to back him next start in the autumn. 
with that gelding operation, I think he can win a group one race. I'm not jumping off at all. I lost a bet with Chris. It was Overlord v. Rothfire, so we can see easily who won that bet. Um, but it's not jumping off at all, at all. Um, another one, fight in here um, for Caulfield. Uh, has a nice second part to it. You probably want to elaborate a bit more on that. Um, first question is Alpha Aura versus Fabrigino versus Ghana. Thoughts on that? And then we'll get your thoughts on the all-important question, were the Chooks hard done by? Uh, yeah, I'm Team Alpha Oro in that uh, in that little passage of play. I think uh, just an outstanding racehorse. It's putting the picket fence together really nicely. Uh, if I just get myself to that race, um, yeah, as I said, putting that picket fence together really nicely. Um, the soft track, if it comes uh, on, on Saturday, tomorrow, if there's a bit of rain around, that's no uh, negative at all. Um, the 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 win at the Valley over nine fifty five was really strong. Carried that big weight. Had a short break off. I think it's always best off a freshen. Uh, it's got uh, track stats. It's won at Caulfield before, obviously. Um, it, it just I, I can go on and on and on here, but I really think that everything adds up. Back to the thousand. I don't think it's any kind of issue. Uh, yeah, look, I can just go on and on and on. Fifty four kilos here, um, which is four kilos off Fabergino. Uh, and equal weight with Ghana, and I think it's going better than Ghana. So, yeah, really happy to be with Alpha Oro. Look, $2, probably rock bottom slash just a touch under the price that you'd kind of want to be at. Uh, but when you look at Ghana, went back to uh, Morfittville after the effort in the Heath uh, and got beaten three lengths as a $1.60 favourite. That's not a great lead-up. Back to Melbourne now, back down to 1000 Drawn well in barrier one, I'll admit that's a that's a good draw, but um, yeah, I think Alpha Aura is going better than it at the moment. It's only drawn outside. Fabergino is an interesting one. Obviously, came across from WA and had that run in the Moya. Uh, started equal favourite five fifty and ran eleventh. I think if I went back through that race, it did have some excuses. Uh, its second up record is strong. Three starts for two wins, and obviously, its pet distance is the thousand. For me. Uh, because it's a WA horse, it's obviously got a real lack of exposed wet form. Uh, and if the rain comes, then you'd have to put some serious question marks over Fabergino. It might handle it. Um, she might be able to get through it, but you, you couldn't be 100% sure just because of the lack of exposed wet form in the West. So, yep, Alpha Oro for mine. Definitely uh, definitely happy to be in its corner uh, come Saturday. As for Flanagan being hard done by by the Chooks, race, look... Uh, I think it's all a bit of a media beat up uh, in terms of they haven't come out and sacked him immediately. They've been respectful by the fact they've said, look, we're going to go in a different direction at the end of 2021 season. Um, Is he young and open for improvement? 100% he is, but the Roosters aren't the kind of team to make these decisions and end up regretting them. There hasn't been many players uh, in the past, you know, decade that we've let go. Um, prematurely and and deeply regretted it. In fact, I can't really think of any um, that we've let go and, and really regretted it. Obviously, two of us, Ashek was one that we let go, well, because he wanted to go, but then we ended up getting Tedesco anyway. So um, Flanagan, not hard done by. I think there might have been a bit of chat from Kiri in the ears of the coaches just saying, look, this isn't gelling because in the end of the day, uh, halves are more than just themselves. They're, they're, they have to be with their halves partner as well. You can't sign a six if they're no good for the seven and vice versa. So I think there might have been some chat um, with Kiri as well. But 
I feel sorry for him. He's a good goal kicker, um, and he wasn't horrible this season. Obviously, he was quite solid um, for us at different parts of the season. But, yeah, I think there's a bit more than meets the eye than just Flanagan getting flicked off by the Chooks. I think there's uh, a few more decisions in there per se than than just that as well. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm happy with uh, how it's all worked out. We'll find a good halfback, don't worry. There's always, there's always faith in the Chooks, mate. We're not going as bad as the Broncos, that's for sure. <laughs> you can't say that again. We're on the up, mate, don't you? Worry. A couple of premierships, got Kevy back, we'll be right. That's it. Now, mate, before we move uh, to your preview of Randrick and the Everest, I got a bit ahead of myself, and as I've been talking here, I've noticed myself getting very thirsty. So <laughs> without further ado, and we had a bit of a chat off this off air uh, earlier this afternoon, Dino, I think, I think you might have fumbled your beer selection this week. Yeah. Cracking another one open now. I have been recommended this beer, I reckon, for over 12 months. It's not stocked anywhere I know locally. And finally today I worked in a location where the bottle closest to it stocked it. It goes by the name of Stockade Brew Co. It's the IPA. I have not heard a bad word about it. Now I've gotten home, not the hardest day today, but it's perfect weather for a beer. Crack one open and I was immediately let down. I think it is a Terrible beer, two out of ten for me. Very, very strong. That's probably the only plus of it. One point nine standard drink. So if you don't like it, you probably won't even remember the taste after two. Um, but I've been let down. I won't be buying this beer again. Could be for others, just not for my palate at all. So yeah, like you said, I've had a little bit of a fumble on Friday, but there's plenty more in the fridge I can turn to. Um, in saying that, mate, you had a different Friday to me. You just had a bottle of conveniently located next to your house. So you've just scooted on down a little bit before the podcast. What did you pick up? Yeah, it's very uh, well. It's very convenient, or it's very dangerous, depending on what situation you're in. That there's a bottle of just next door to the house. But um, luckily for you, or luckily for myself, mate, I've gone for also one that I haven't tried before, but have heard very, very good things about. So we're kind of in the same boat here. Uh, but I can happily announce that. It tastes as good as people saying it does. So I've gone for uh, the aptly named Goat by, uh, who's it even by? Mountain Goat, possibly, Drury? It's called Goat Beer. Um, And, I mean, my review could end there, really. It's called Goat Beer. I don't know if I need to say any more. But this one goes out to all the goats, uh, all the goats for tomorrow, all the goats on Twitter, all that kind of stuff. It's a great drop, 1.2 standards, not too bad. Um, I think... uh, the other podcast, that little birdie podcast, used to drink it when they did their um, punting challenges or whatever that went a bit billy up. Apart from uh, Curly, that one bloke who basically saved the whole thing. But I'm not going to talk shit on other podcasts. It's not what we're here for. Uh, yeah, Mountain <laughs> Goat beer, pretty good, pretty tasty, and uh, is getting the job done. Hadn't tried it before. Glad I have. So shout out to all the goats um, going out there about. Now moving to the. Everest, uh, the Everest Day. It's also the Kosciuszko Day. Huge card at Randwick, nine races. Um, historically, even though there's only been four editions, one of the fun days out on course at Randwick. Packed, packed as packed can be. There's going to be still, I think the number was 11,500 out there tomorrow. Fully sold out from what I can understand. So uh, still great to see a lot of people getting out there to enjoy the day. Uh, good for, there's a bit of overcast, a bit of some slight sprinkling showers today, but it shouldn't be anywhere near enough to affect the truck, I would have thought. Rail's in the true. Uh, what are your last-minute thoughts before we get to your bet, Dino? Yeah, I thought it was a very tricky day outside of the two majors, the Kosciuszko and the Everest. Uh, it's a 10-card 
meeting, but outside of those two, I found it very, very hard to find a bet. Um, Two-year-old races are always my favourite, but in saying that, they're not always a good betting proposition. But my two bets come up in the two mountain races, the Kosciuszko and the Everest. I think the track's played outstanding at Ramwick. I think you can agree on me. Both sort of Caulfield Ramwick have played outstanding the last sort of two to three months. Um, we've had good weather up in Sydney. I think the track with that little dusting of rain will play absolutely outstanding. We won't see any fast lanes on that inside rail. So I think every horse has a chance. And it should be an absolutely um, outstanding day of racing there tomorrow at Ramwick. Well, if you get these two up in the mountain races, we might have to start calling you king of the mountain, mate. Shout out to Midnight Oil. Uh, that could be the new nickname. So talk us through uh, your, your thoughts on the Cozzy and obviously the bet that you've got in it. Yeah, Cozzy Oscar, great concept, love it. Um, I think New South Wales do it best uh, or better than any other state in Australia with their racing, especially bringing in their country sort of trainers, horses, provincial horses, trainers, especially with concepts like this. Um, it gives all the people doesn't matter what level you're at, it gives you a chance. If you've got a good horse, you'll be on the big stage come one of these grand final days. Uh, looks like, like always with these um, country, provincial races that come to the city, there's always a nice hot tempo so you can back your horse to get every chance. Um, the bet in the race, and it's probably one of the most exciting horses in Sydney at the moment. Um, I have huge wraps on her. It's, it's me. Um, I just can't ignore the figures that she ran first and second up. They're absolutely outstanding. And... A note that I always go off, especially when I look at two-year-old and three-year-old races, is we compare the times to see how good they are to the older horses of the day. If you go back and compare this girl's time um, to the older horses of the day, they're absolutely outstanding. Her first up win, uh, last 600 was 34.07 on a soft seven. That was the fastest of the day. Last 200 was 11.39, again, fastest of the day. Go up to a second up record where I was against her back to a thousand meters, um, very short in the market. She reeled off the fastest last 600 of the day, 32.41 for a highway horse. Second fastest last 600 of the meeting was a horse called Classic Legend, who's now the favorite in the Tab Everest. Um, untapped ability, absolute X factor. She's had that sort of little, I don't know if you call it a setback, little query on her this week with the um, mucus in the throat. If that gets all cleared tomorrow, I uh, trust the stable and trust the vets. Um, this horse could be absolutely anything. I think we'll get a better price tomorrow. There's a lot of knockers that she's a highway horse. She's come off two highway wins. She's up against some proper um, older horses here. So I think we might get a better price tomorrow. So I'd be waiting before the jump, but it's me. could be absolutely anything, this horse. Yeah, that's very good. I, I, I personally... Um couldn't believe that they put it up above even money uh, when the market's open. But now you're even getting a better price, as you said. So uh, completely agree with what you said, mate. Total X factor in the race. Yes, it's a, it's a good race and, and some strong chances. Um, but, gee, this 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 horse could be anything. It is worthy to note that since it has opened, it's gone $1.90 out to that two kind of 15 mark. So has been a big drift. There's been a push for a few others in the market I'll just quickly mention. Uh up the top handle, the truth's come in a bit from nines into about 750. Reed Doable has gone 31s into 17s. Obviously, you've got to take into account as well uh, the scratching of front page who came out today on Friday. Uh, obviously, does alter that market a bit. Uh, Fender, 16 into nine for KMAC. Uh, and there's another one here. Ice in Vancouver at a big price, 26 into 13. So they're specking a few at the longer end of the market. Um, but yeah, it's me. Gee, looks really hard to beat. Can't agree more. 
Moving on to the feature race of the day, uh, which is the Everest. Of course, we've interviewed Tommy and Karen, as we keep saying, uh, and gotten their thoughts throughout the week. We, uh, on Thursday, uh, Wednesday, sorry, spruked to an extent who we were both keen to back. Uh, and I'd love to know, Dean, has anything changed since then or are you, are you sticking solid? Run us through your full preview. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my thoughts on my top selection hasn't changed at all, but around that, I think uh, there's a lot of value in sort of these Cronella horses or these place odds. So um, in that sense, um, a couple of the minor placings have changed. I'll run you through in the order of map, uh, and then I'll do my top selection, save a horse, uh, lay horse, and we can have a general chat about it. So quickly run through the map. I think we nailed it pretty much both um, when we had our little preview on our own maps. Nature Strip will lead them up. Um, sitting on the fence behind him will be dollar for dollar. Um, Eduardo outside of them. Um, then we go back to uh, Hawkbury on her. Um, Guitra on the outside sitting in the 1-1. One, one. Classic Legend gets a perfect run. Um, three pairs back on the outside. Inside Classic Legend, Behemoth. And then at the back, we've got uh, Bivouac, Trekking, Libertini, Santa Elena, Tefani, who were around the field out. So on paper, it's obviously a fast tempo when you've got Nature Strip in a race. And to um, to add to that, you've got Eduardo, who can go forward, Hawkbury on her, dollar for dollar, who will also be putting the pressure on. Um, I think the biggest key to this race is the form and the performance of Nature Strip. Um, if he's able to, to set that fast tempo up front and then um, not be able to go on in the straight, I think we'll see the best of all our closers in the race, such as Guitra, Classic Legend, Libertini, Sino Lane. But if he's able to get it um, a little bit quiet out in front and doesn't get the pressure that we all see, um, there's no absolute way that he... Uh, so if he gets the way out in front, um, he can definitely win this race. I'm not sacking a horse of his nature. My top tip in the race, and I'm very, very keen on this, I've been very bullish um, about this all week, is Classique Legend. Um, I got a, very excited when uh, Matt Vela drew barrier six. And I thought that's a perfect barrier for a horse like this. Third up, peaked out of all these horses, um, has had the best prep so far, has the best and the most natural prep as well leading to this, especially with these big races when you have them on um, a new sort of race. There's no real set pattern for horses to lead into the race. So you see a lot of horses freshened, first up, um, awkward preps, preps they've never sort of done, then you want them to peak on a major day when you haven't ever done that with a horse before. Classic Legend has the perfect prep. Um, had that outstanding first up win uh, in the Concord Stakes. Um, last 600 was 33.06 um, on that race. I think with even luck, we can all agree she'll break that 33-second mark on that day. Had an absolute torrid run. Um, last 200 was 11.23. On face value, you say, yeah, that's a great uh, last 200. But when you see that it was 2.5 lengths superior to any other rivals in that race with the run, that he um, had to come from, I think that has huge merit. You got the form, Frank, out of that with Dirty Work uh, winning last week at Caulfield. Um, I just think the race sets up absolutely perfect. I'm expecting a big spike in a peak rating third up here and you couldn't get any more bullish than Les Bridge has been in the media. So that's my top tip. I've got him rated around that $4.50 mark. I think he's currently um, on play up around that $5 mark. He is $5, second favorite to Nature Strip. So I think he might even drift a little bit more. You've got to think with one of these big races like this, you've got a lot of people, not just punters. You've got people, the general public, mums, dads, grandpas, 
grandmas who just like to have a bet in big races. So there's going to be a lot of people spruiking bigger odds. There's going to be money coming for all these other horses. Um, the last five minutes will dictate the market. So I think we might get a little bit of better price tomorrow, but Classique Legend is my horse on top. Um, the danger and the horse that I'm worried about is Geertra. I think it's been a forgotten horse uh, in the race. The map looks perfect. Um, I think it will come down to out of him and Classique Legend, who gets the better run? Will Classique follow him into the race on the turn or will Geertra follow Classique Legend? I think that will determine uh, who wins the race for sure. Forgotten Horse, absolutely outstanding first up. Has been freshened for this. I like when a horse has a big peak performance and then they don't back up two weeks later. I think they need that break off for that suck run. Um, so because uh, Geetra goes in as my saving bet. Uh, the horse that I'm keen to be against and the horse I want to lay is Libertini. Absolutely outstanding run first up. But you just got to sit there and think, uh, is she going to get the exact same run tomorrow and I don't think she gets anywhere near that barrier 12 um, she's gonna have to go forward try find a spot she might be stuck wide and especially with horses when they record that huge spike first up um, I think they've got to come back a couple of lengths second up I don't think two weeks in a row you can record um, peak ratings or ratings that are very similar after a big spike like that if she'd had similar ratings um, prior to that big spike then for sure she could but um, just going off the, the setup um, I'm against Libertini at the current price. So that's my full preview of the Tab Everest. Uh, Classique Legend on top, saving on Geertra, and the horse I'm keen to lay is Libertini. Yeah, beautiful. I, do you think um, Do you think Libertini, although we have been potting it this week a touch, do you think there is a chance that if the field spreads out enough, it, it might genuinely be able to find a spot with cover midfield? Yeah, for sure, and you got to think about it too. We were sort of potting that three-wide line, but you got to remember they're only going around one bend, so it's not as big as a concern as if, um, say, Libertini was trapped wide for a long period of time, say around two bends where you've got to cover a lot more ground. They've only got to go around one bend, so you can sort of overplay that fact. But the biggest thing is I just think she's giving a horse such as Classique Legend and Geertra a two to three length head start um, I think that's the biggest factor you got to weigh up I don't think she can um, real horses that in that good uh, given that much of a start uh, I think level pegging for sure she'd be riding this if she drew seven such as Geetra I'd probably be doing the exact opposite I'd be backing uh, Libertini as my saver and potting Geetra but with the barrier and I just I just just a key for mine and just the thing in the back of my mind I always follow of a trend with punting is horses that fly fresh, have their biggest performance they've ever had in their life. They've got to come back a couple of lengths that second up performance. Um, third up would have been a different story again with Libertini. So it's all to do around the prep, the map for me. That's why I'm against her. Yeah, beautiful. Quick look at the market here, Friday, 4.30 p.m. Uh, obviously the day before the race. We've got Nature Strip and Classique Legend 2 uh, pairs at 480. Uh, the two trekking at 11. Center on a lane 18. Behemoth 950. Bivouac 11. Geetra 650. Eduardo $21.61. Tafane 20. Libertini 850 is drifting out. Hortbury on her at 34. Now, I might just run through the uh, for the punters and, and the listeners that uh, playoffs running a promo. Uh, if you have an account or if you don't, you can open one with them. 
Whatever horse you back in the Everest, if it runs first or second, they'll pay you out as a winner. So that's a huge, uh, huge, huge promo that they're running uh, and, and really helps your market percentage as well. So if you think the Classic Legend at least runs a top two spot, and it does, even if it runs second, you'll be paid out as the winner. So uh, highly suggest anyone having a bet in the Everest, definitely uh, get on your play-up account and have a crack at that promo. No max bet limit either. Bet to win up to whatever you want. Uh, so it's a really, really good promo that they're running. But that's a good preview uh, of the Everest, mate. What is your $100 outlay uh, in terms of our Group 1 challenge? Uh, $100 has to go all on Classic Legend. Um, I think tomorrow is his day, and I'm keen to have all the 100 on it. Uh, what's your play for the race, mate, with your $100? Yeah, I've switched up a bit since since Thursday, uh, Wednesday. Sorry, Not completely, um, but I've just had time to come back and sit down and reflect on the race a bit more, and I'm going to change up a bit. So I'm going to be have having twenty uh, five $20 bets uh, for a total spend of $100. First 20 goes on Classic Legend. Obviously, uh, currently at that 480 quote, uh, it, we are going to lose some change if it wins. If it can get out to five and get our money back if it wins, that's fine. The ones I'm going to be betting on are Trekking, Behemoth, I've completely switched up on. I'm now in Camp Behemoth. Don't ask me why, I just am. Uh, Gitra and Tefani as well. So the four other ones there, Trekking, Behemoth, Gitra and Tefani, if they win, we'll be profiting money back if Classic wins and it should be a great watch nonetheless. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Interesting that you note the change up on Behemoth. Is there any reason for that? Like you yeah, said, any? I just, when I when I came back and looked at the, the map again and, and the way that it's going to be run, uh, I'm expecting them to go quick enough that the field's going to be quite strung out. I then think, oh, and as we say that, actually, they've changed uh, Classic Legend to $5, so they must be listening to me. That's very good. And they've moved Behemoth into $9. They really must be listening to me. Uh, that's a life change, by the way. Uh, yeah, look, I think the field's going to be strung out enough. Barrier 2, it's going to get a really suck run. Yes, it's going to be three, four pairs back. understand that. Uh, but it's going to be doing no work. Uh, we know it's going to be really strong at the end of 1,200 metres because it can run out a good 1,400 metres. And because that field strings out a lot, uh, I'm not really concerned at all that it'll be able to find the breaks when it needs to. I think it really will be able to. It's going to save ground compared to uh, horses like Santa Ana Lane uh, and Tafane that are going to have to come from back and go wide. So it's going to save heaps of ground. Nash is on. He's very strong. He'll give it a good steer. Um, yeah, I think those. I really, excuse me, think those gaps can appear for Behemoth. I'm uh, I'm back in its camp. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, it's a cracking race. There's so many angles you can look at it, and all I could say is just back your own judgment. There's no point. Um, now, there is a point following other tipsters and what they want to like, but if you've done the form, you like something, don't be put off by anyone else's comments. Back your own judgment because at the end of the day, you're the only person you've got to deal with. Um, we'll move on to the big race down in Melbourne, the Caulfield Cup. Um, we're back to the true position in the rail at Caulfield. It's probably been the biggest topic all week. Um, have we had rain? Is there going to rain? What's the track going to be rated? Can you give the punters any update on that before going through with your full preview of the 2020 Caulfield Cup? Yeah, that's it. Look, I was saying to you before, Dino, I think there must be some cost-cutting going on at the Bureau of Meteorology because I'm not sure uh, that any weekend this spring have they been able to correctly identify how much rain is going to come uh, and basically they've been wrong every single time. Uh, which has led to a lot of, uh, you know, tips gone wrong on on Saturdays because there's not wet or it's too wet or yada, yada, yada. So 
I'm going to give them another chance. They're saying between 10 and 20 mils uh, of rain expected Saturday race day. Um, uh, whether that happens or not, I'm not sure, but it'll probably leave the track uh, in the space of maybe a soft five, soft six range at worst. Um, I'm I'm not sure if they irrigated this week or not in in preparation to see what's going to happen, but uh, I I think I think it'll only be soft five or soft six at worst. So I'm happy to play it that. That's how I've kind of done the form for the race around uh, that mark. Anyway, the rails in the true. Um, it's going to be a great meeting. It always is. Caulfield, this Caulfield Spring part of the program is highlighted um, by this Caulfield Cup here at the end before we move into Melbourne Cup week. So. Should be a great race, uh, big field, few internationals rocking up, as we mentioned before. That's always good to see, uh, and I'm really, really keen to see how the race plays out. few stats here. Uh, obviously, it's over 2,400 metres, Group 1. Uh, previous winners, Murder Glace, the Japanese horse last year, best solution for Godolphin in 2018. Admire Rakti, Dunedin, and Northerly, they all carried 58 kilos to win, which is the highest weight of any winner in the past 20 years. Uh, the most common weight scale for a win is between 52 and 55 kilos. So if you're landing in that little sweet spot in the weights, um, you're automatically put at a historical advantage to win the race. As for the speed, taking a quick look at the map here, uh, we've got, as I mentioned before when we were answering those questions, I think Anthony Van Dyke has to go forward from the wide draw. Prince of Iran as well is going to be up there. Uh the horse famously named after myself, Dashing Willoughby from the inside draw, has good gate speed, uh, and I think to be a serious chance, we'll have to be up on speed. It can't afford to miss the start. Finch from 11 will lob in a good spot. Vow and Declare uh, could be tagging up that three-wide line. I don't think it's a winning chance anyway, so that doesn't really bother me. Back in the field, uh, the emergency Raheen House gains a start. Uh, it's going to go back, I would assume, from 21. Chapada. Uh, and warning from Barrier 19 will be back there. Um, even even or Vilius, I'm not sure. I think it could be behind midfield, Barrier 16. It's going to be a decision what they do from there. But um, that's basically the speed. It's going to be a genuine tempo. We always know that. It's a group one, high-pressure race. They always go along at a solid clip. There's no walking in this kind of stuff. Um, and there's, as I said, going to be those few that push across from wide that want to be prominent um, and a few from the low draws that are going to be up there as well. My top pick in the Caulfield Cup, I spent until the last second before we came on air to figure this out. I've landed on Finch, number nine Finch. It's third up here. Comes off an enormous effort. Last start in the Group 1 Turnbull, it ran third. It was only beaten 0.2 of a length behind Very Elegant. It sat three wide, no cover uh, the whole race. And if that's not already a strong enough of an effort to finish within 0.2 of a length. It had to face a very strong breeze turning into the straight, apparently upwards of 50 kilometers an hour. So strong was that breeze. Still had the audacity to keep fighting on in the straight and almost win. I think it was a huge, huge run. It carted the winner very elegant into the straight in the race, so it just gave it the perfect run. Uh, yeah, and as I said, just I can't believe that it had the audacity to keep hitting the line. It rated 103 on the weight frayed scale by Dan O'Sullivan, uh, but I think you've got to give it more merit than even that 103 just due to the way in, uh, in which it ran the race. Uh, it reaches peak fitness now third up. It falls within that weight scale between the 52 and the 55. It's going to carry 54 and a half here. Was beaten only a length and a half in the race last year. Was forced to race wide on that occasion as well. So just it's a terrible horse in terms of trying to get a good run. It's just always unlucky. I think from barrier 11 today, it's finally 
in the right spot where it finds a run with cover. Uh, he can definitely uh, pull out a rating high enough to win this race. Rain helps. 2,400 metres third up is peak. Uh, I'm really keen on Finch. It's it, The more I talk about it, the more keen I get uh, to be backing Finch here in this race. The dangers, there is a few of them, of course. One that I'm going to be saving on at odds is Toffee Tongue. I had a bet on it after it ran uh, second in the Turnbull last start. Yes, it had that real cushy run, um, but it was an outstanding new career peak rating nonetheless. And as soon as that race finished, when they reopened the markets for the Caulfield Cup, I had something on, and I'll be having a saver on it again on Saturday. Uh, even with that cushy run last start, I don't think there's anything to say that she won't improve again. Gets a really soft run midfield from barrier four, drops two and a half kilos into the race, so it's only going to carry 51 on its back for Michael D. Uh, and her runs, uh, her peak runs, come on rain-affected ground, so that's really going to help if that rain arrives. Second to Colette in the Group 1 ATC Oaks. Last prep, you know she's going to get 2,400 metres right out with that soft run. Uh, yeah, I couldn't believe the odds that they've still got her at. Really happy to save on Toffee Tongue. Obvious danger, very elegant. Uh, pulled out a huge wet effort to win in that Turnbull. It was wide. Yes, it got carted into the race, but it's still had to knuckle down a win. The fresh uh, win in the Group 1 Winks was enormous. We all know how that played out. Wide, no cover, and still did it. Uh, she's two from two at the distance, unbeaten. Won a Group 3 ethereal on course back here in uh, 2018. She has had some really tough runs this prep, so you, you'd want to hope that there's still some left in the tank. But knowing the Waller camp that would have primed her for this run, um, there's there, there, you'd have to assume that there's still some left in the tank. Uh, she gets the rain. That's obviously a positive. And, yeah, again, an obvious chance. I'm not potting her by any, stage, uh, by any stretch of the imagination this time. Just maybe a touch short for mine in the betting. I'm not going to back her, but um, it's a big danger nonetheless. One other one at huge odds that I could give you as a danger is warning. Uh, I think is still well long odds in the market. Attacked the line really hard in the Turnbull. So you can see, obviously, I'm going for this Turnbull stakes as the form line. Uh, it was only beaten one length on the line. The late sectionals were really, really good in the Turnbull. Third up now, ready to peak. Was less than three lengths off Russian Camelot in the South Australian Derby over 2,500 metres. So... This step out now from the Turnbull uh, into the Cox Plate out to 2,400 metres will really suit. Your obvious concern is the wide barrier and where it's going to get to in the run. Uh, but, yeah, just the way it attacked the line in behind runners I thought was quite good. The ones I'm happy to be against, as we mentioned before when answering the questions, Anthony Van Dyke and Buckhurst and even Master of Wine. Uh, those are the three I'm probably happy to be against. My uh, $100 challenge in the Caulfield Cup, I'm doing the same thing as the Everest, five bets of 20 bucks. Uh, I'm doing 20 on Finch, Warning, Toffee Tongue, very elegant, and uh, it would be a miss of me not to put Dashing Willoughby in there as well. They're my thoughts on the Caulfield Cup. Perfect, perfect. That's an um, in-depth analysis of the Caulfield Cup. It's such a tricky race. Like you said, you've got all these international horses coming over, form lines from absolutely everywhere, um, but you've absolutely nailed that preview. Uh, my bet for the race is $100, smack bang on the nose, a very elegant. I can't get that autumn win uh, fourth up in the Group 1 Tancred out of my head, 4.3 lengths victory, and then a gallant second in the Queen Elizabeth behind proper horses, a day down on premium. Uh, I think they're the right four minds. Love the wind. Last start, gets that wet track. Um, and always the case in a Caulfield Cup, you're going to get a nice price about horses. Probably $5 is bottom odds. 
Um, I backed her last week at around that eight fifty price. So I think we might even get a little bit more, but my hundred dollars is on um, smack bang on the nose. A very elegant flying the Aussie flag. Um, we'll move on now to uh, one other bet in the program for you. Hopefully a get in, get out sort of system again, like you showed us last week. Uh, where is your second bet? Second bet, sorry, coming up at Caulfield. Yeah, I'm going to take you to race uh, number six. This is a horse that all the Sydney listeners, yourself included, Dean, will be well-versed in for Choose uh, down to Melbourne. I'm really happy to be with race six, number three, for Choose. Uh, unbelievable race record. Continues to impress every time she steps out, I think. Got well back in running last start when fresh at Rose Hill. Powered over the top of Hilo and Mars Crusader. They're no slouches, uh, mind you. So it was a really, really big win, giving him a big start. She's unbeaten at the 1,100-metre journey, which is what she faces here. It's easily her pet distance. Uh, the win last prep, I, if you remember, the Denise Joyce stakes at listed level was dominant. Just pulled away on the line, eased down a couple of lengths. It was really, really good. She then went to 1,200 metres after that and lost. Uh, and what that tells me is the 1,200 metres at this level clearly sees her out. So I like that they've come down to Melbourne here at the 1,100-metre distance. Second up, fit up. Any rain around, that's no issue. Craig Williams on, big push. Uh, he's going to roll across. Uh, well, he might even take a sit from Barrier 8, actually, the more I think of it. Uh, finds, a, finds a good position anyway uh, for the racing style of the mare. Uh, he's also got the option to kind of dictate what the California Zimble does, uh, who's the main rival in the market drawn directly outside for Chuse. Uh First attempt in Melbourne, it's always a bit of a concern, but I think she's a really, really smart horse. Uh, and definitely can be winning down here in Melbourne. I think we're getting a pretty good price, um, you know, compared to her previous SPs uh, to find out as well. So race six, number three for Chuse is the best on the Caulfield program for me. Perfect, perfect. I was very uh, intrigued on that race, and that's probably one of the betting races I'm keen to look at in um, Caulfield. She's a very versatile um, mare for choose. She can sort of take up that running if she wants or sit outside the leader or she can go back to last and loop him. Was the soft track a slight query for yours? She's got a five from six record on the good track. That's where all the forms come. She's ha- she's had a win on soft, so there's no knock there, but did it uh, go across your mind at all, the wet track? Well, yeah, kind of, but the second uh, to Esperance on a heavy eight at Rose Hill over 1,200 metres, which I don't think she gets anyway, was probably good enough to tell me that any rain around she can handle. And then you just had to kind of compare that to the rest of the field. So obviously California Zimble has a listed win on a soft six, but then failed on a heavy eight at Randwick in the Arrow field uh, and was beaten four lengths behind Villamai uh, in a fireball at Randwick as well on a soft seven. So I can't really argue that its wet's form is much better. Hummer Hummer is no good in the wet, so you can pretty much discount it if it rains. Uh, from within is one that gets through the soft all right, um, but I thought the win at big odds over front page just maybe wasn't good enough form for this. And then you start looking down at the page. I'm always happy to be against Pinion. Prophet's Thumb is one of my all-time favourite horses, but just isn't there anymore. I think the breeding barn is definitely beckoning for Prophet's Thumb, uh, and there's not many others in the race that I would be making a case for. So, yeah, look, I agree that the you know five of the, five of the six wins have come on dry. Obviously, her peak is on dry, but... The soft, no, nah, no concern for mine. Perfect, perfect. In saying that, 
that's all hypothetically. Uh, we haven't even got the rain yet. So oh, yeah. soft five, no worries at all, in my opinion. I'm agreeing with you there. Um, that wraps up the full preview for yourself for the Caulfield Cup and one bet outside of that. Hopefully we've both nailed these previews and can have a cracking day. It'd help. It'd help. Have you got to get out for us, Dean? I've got one uh, at Caulfield. Have you, have you plucked something out of thin air for the last race somewhere? Yeah, I've just had a look through. The markets have just dropped at Newcastle. Uh, last race, race eight on the card. A very good horse uh, out of the Kim War stable. Jay Ford in the saddle. Uh, perfect barrier five. Great news. Uh, I think it's a very promising horse. Wears the same colours as Trumbull, uh, who does go around as well at Ramwick on Saturday. One from one in the distance. Goes well first up. Has great form lines in a not in a race that has not much depth depth at all. Sorry, um, two dollars fifty. Um, truckload it after we get the cash with Classique Legend in the Everest. Uh, what about yourself, mate? Where are you taking us this week? I love a little Newcastle plunge. I'm actually going to go uh, against my usual pattern. I'm going to stick to the meeting that I'm actually covering uh, at Caulfield. Normally, I like to take punters somewhere exotic, but I'm going to stick to what I know. Uh, race 10, it's a great race, actually. I thought it was one of the better races on the program. I'm going to go She Shall Fly. Just thought it was over the odds. Uh, longer than it should be compared to a few others in the market. A really good second behind Sierra Sue in the Group 2 Blazer at Flemington last start. She looked all over the winner, just got nabbed on the post. Uh, she gets a good weight swing here on Pretty Brazen and Perfect Jewel, who have beaten her this prep, um, but that weight swing will really help. Gets a really good map. She's proven at the 1,400 metres uh, and has a good turn of foot in what looks to be a sit-and-sprint affair. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping the way it plays out is that the closer – might take on Felicia in the lead, uh, and that will result in Felicia not seeing out the 1,400 metres. Obviously, it's yet to run at that distance, so I'm just hoping something kind of takes it on and puts it uh, under a bit of pressure. Uh, as I said, she, she Shall Fly maps really well, camps right in behind them, uh, and just deserves to be closer to the others in the market. So race 10, number six at Caulfield, She Shall Fly. Mate, uh, another big episode and another big week wrapped up. Uh, best of luck to not only yourself but all the listeners out there. I hope our interviews and all our content during the week really helped your punting tomorrow. Uh, you can find us, as always, on the sportingbase.com. Click on the podcast tab. All our shows and our interviews are posted there as well. So don't forget to check them out, mate. Good luck uh, tomorrow at Randwick and at Caulfield and at wherever else you're betting, probably you know Darwin or wherever else you like to bet. And good luck to all the listeners as well. I hope we uh, can help you find a few few uh, winners. Good luck to yourself, mate. Hopefully the beers are flowing and so is the punting account. Um, good luck to all the punters and have a cracking Group 1 weekend.